Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Mox on the Mic is presented by Smart Bank. We're going golfing this week. Men's golf coach Mark June and women's coach Colette Murray will visit with us to talk about the fall campaigns and take a look ahead at the spring. Two of our favorite coaches to visit with on Mox on the Mic. Let's start with men's golf coach Mark June. Well, Coach, appreciate you giving us a little bit of time this week. I want to kind of go back through the fall and, and kind of go over some things about how you guys played, but let's start first with this. What did you learn about your guys through the fall portion of this season? Uh, you know, they, they've really had a really good attitude about the whole thing, and, you know, they've been – you know, they, they've handled it and they've, they've had to be flexible with practice with, you know, not knowing when we were going to play or where we were going to play, if we were going to play. And, you know, they just, they kept working hard every day, you know, in anticipation or hoping they would. And, you know, so, uh, and yeah, so I, from that standpoint, I was really proud of them. I mean, it, it hadn't been, it's been different. Uh, you know, it, it's uh it hadn't hadn't always been a lot of fun this semester just because of all the uncertainty surrounding everything so uh but at least we did get to play yeah well, i i think you you kind of answered this but i did want to to ask about you know outside of social distancing the the biggest change that you guys had to face you did get a chance to go on the road some this year how was it different being on the road than in years past well you know we we didn't go out to dinner at night we were always just picking something up and taking it back to the room or back to the hotel and we would all eat together just like you know down in the lobby or something like that or we ate together you know in somebody's bedroom so uh you know there it, it seemed like once we left we never saw anybody else so it was uh you know tournaments were were a little different because we didn't interact with anybody. So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, it was, it was very different that way. Who stood out and who surprised? Uh, I would have to say AJ stood out. He you know, had a top five at the first event and then he won the second event. He struggled a little bit in our last one, but, uh, but all in all, he had a, had a really good fall. I thought, and, uh, I'll tell you, we had one young man that is just, he just continued to work and, you know, he started out and really struggled at the honors. I mean, it was, you know, to the point I, I didn't know if he, if he really even wanted to be out there because he just wasn't playing very well at all. And, uh, and that's tough to, uh, you know, working through in his last tournament, he played really well up at uh, MTSU and then, went and played an individual event a few weeks later and finished second shooting 12 under. So, uh, it, that's been a very pleasant surprise this semester to see how much improvement he's made. And that's Alex. You guys, po- you guys posted your best scores at the, uh, JT post and invitational. Tell us a little bit about that event and a little bit about that course. Well, it, it's a, you know, Western Carolina had to move the tournament. They couldn't have it at Sapphire because they 
didn't want all the teams coming in there. So we moved it down to, or they moved it down to Katichi, which is on Lake Hartwell. And, you know, nobody knew anything about the course, really. Uh, we got there and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun to play. It was in great shape and uh, it was there, you know, right next to the lake and kind of a mountain course, really hilly. Um, but, uh, you know, it was all in all, it was a real good golf course. And, you know, the guys, the guys enjoyed it. There were a lot of par fives that you could, you could take a chance at if you, you know, if you hit two good shots, you could be rewarded. And uh, if you hit one so-so shot on that hole, you could you could get penalized really quick. But uh, we played the par fives pretty well this week or that week. And uh, and you know, of course, winning's always fun, so it makes every golf course better. But yeah, it was it was a good golf course. I would I would definitely go back there again. Yeah, it's it's funny because you know football and basketball coaches they watch a lot of film to break down an opponent, and I know you watch film to to look at you know swings and stances and things like that for your guys. But when it comes to scouting, you know sometimes a challenge for you, I would imagine, is is how much information can I get about this golf course, especially in in, in one like this where you're going somewhere that you guys don't have a familiarity with. Right, uh, you know we. I do get on the computer and I'll go through Google earth and, and look at the golf course that way. And then, uh, you know, if we can get a yardage book in advance or if there's anything on the computer about it, some golf courses will have kind of a layout on the computer and look at it that way. But really we, we didn't have, didn't have, you know, much information at all about the golf course before we got there and looking on it, looking at it on Google earth, it's really hard to tell how how hilly something is how much up and down elevation it has and we got there it actually was quite a bit so uh you know we had to had to figure out very quickly you know what what shots to hit where just because the elevation changes let's talk a little bit about the scenic city collegiate you guys finished fifth out of ten at that event at the honors course first off you guys are kind of familiar with that course already (laughs) Do you have to remind your guys about how special it is to play there? I think sometimes. I think just because, you know, we we are so fortunate to get to go out there a lot that we, you know, I, I don't want to say forget how great it is, but remember that this is a, a destination place for a lot of people. This is on their bucket list, and, and we get to play it quite often. So, uh, you know, and – you know, when we started inviting teams, of course, everybody wanted to come, but you know, the, the schools that, that were allowed to play, it wasn't hard to, wasn't hard to get a field really quickly. It wasn't the field that we started out with. Uh, a lot of those teams couldn't play the SEC and ACC teams, but, uh, you know, we filled in really nicely. And I think there were some schools that, you know, they got to play a place like that, that, that might not get that opportunity very often. And, uh, so all in all, I think it went really well. And we did have some, you know, UAB and ETSU are both top 25 teams in the country. So we still had, we still had, you know, a really good, really good field. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. So will we see the scenic city collegiate back in 2021? We are, uh, we're going to host it again out there. We have right now, I think we have nine SEC teams and two, ACC teams, Clemson and Virginia there. Um, 
so you know it's the field's going to be stacked <laughs> etsu's coming back and uh you know so it, it's going to be really good uh we're we're looking forward to it uh it's going to be one of the better fields in college golf for the year no doubt and uh you know hopefully um the covid stuff will be behind us and everybody will be able to play and and it'll be the type of event that the honors wanted to put on this year uh you know so uh i think it'll i think it'll be really special and i know all those teams are looking forward to it i would imagine for you guys that's a nice little feather in the hat isn't it to be able to to, to host and to be the host school for an event like this it is and it it helps us get into some other events which uh you know that that's gonna so you know that gives us a little bit of leverage uh we're gonna play an event that wofford is actually hosting that uh, is gonna have a similar field uh so uh you know that that's nice that we get to go there and there's a couple other tournaments that we're trading into so uh um you know it it helps us in a lot of ways it does and if we go there and play well it'll help us get off to a great start to the season and uh and you know definitely boost the rankings will this be a an event that will stay in the fall uh we're not going to have it every year we are actually starting one out at black creek also so we will be playing in october at black creek and we're putting that field together now we already have 11 teams and uh we'll be be getting that put together and uh you know we're we're excited about that black creek's an awesome place and a lot of coaches out there played the nationwide tour and you know it's a place that they played and they you know they're looking forward to being able to bring their teams back there what's the schedule like for you guys between now and when you get a chance to compete again at the end of february what's what's (laughs) happening for your guys over the next couple of weeks well this is the last week of school so we have we have practice today and wednesday and thursday and then we are done for the semester uh several of my guys are going to be playing tournaments uh, over the christmas break so uh you know that'll be taking place and then uh you know as soon as january 19th gets here you know we'll be straight back into practice and and getting ready for our first tournament which is you know the third week in february so uh we won't have a whole lot of time to to get to get going but uh you know hopefully at that point in time you know more teams will be playing and uh things will be a little bit closer to normal than they were this semester you've got two transfers who will be eligible in, in january tell us a little bit about gabe hunter and paul conroy paul conroy is a really good player out of ireland we uh we thought we were going to have him in the fall and we just couldn't get him through the embassy and and get things done with with the way everything was happening then so we lost him for the fall but you know he he went ahead and and took a full load of courses online and uh has done well there which is great but uh uh you know we're really looking forward to having him you know we've we've seen a lot of his results and of course we've seen a lot of a lot of footage of him playing but uh and a lot of swing footage so we're excited to get him here he you know the only con- real contact we've had has been on zoom he seems like a great young man i think the, the guys are really i think he'll click really quickly with all the guys so uh looking forward to that 
Gabe is a young man from Knoxville. He went to Utah State for a year and decided he wanted to be back on this side of the country. And Gabe had a good summer. He's uh, he's a really he, he's capable of shooting some really low numbers at times, and you know that that's always exciting. And I know he's got a, a great work ethic just from the people I know in Knoxville and the way they talk about him. So, uh, you know, I definitely think he'll add and, you know, it's just going to make getting into that lineup uh, more competitive come springtime. So, uh, you know, they, they all better be ready to go. You've got a relatively young team where you, were you looking to add, you know, especially in the case of, of Gabe Hunter, were you looking to add somebody that, had some experience to this to this roster uh you know you're anybody with college experience and of course he's getting the year back because of because of covid uh is nice and you know we're gonna be young we actually lose four this year and uh four more next year we could now you know it just depends on how the covid deal plays out in the year but uh so we We've got a, a lot of turnover happening right now. So Gabe coming in and, and getting a year under his belt and or getting a semester and Paul getting a semester, that that's gonna help us with the loss of of some of our seniors that are here this year. So uh you know, because all three of those seniors are starting, so we're we're gonna have to find somebody to step in for them. Five events happening in the spring, uh, in addition to the to the conference championship. You mentioned the fact you guys will get going the third week in February, but tell us a little bit about this spring schedule and, and what's on tap for you guys uh, uh, starting in February. Well, I've got three schedules, so I, and I'm sure we're going to end up playing a combination of all three of them. Uh, one is the regular schedule that we had set up, which uh, – we after we would go to Wexford's tournament at Hilton Head, we would go to Auburn, and then down to the Linger Longer, then Furman, and then Mississippi State. I don't believe we're going to play with the SEC again, so the Auburn and Mississippi State tournaments are probably out. Uh, and so I've got a another schedule that you know, so that if we have to replace those, and I, I really have a feeling that we're going to be doing in the spring kind of what we were doing in the fall where. Coaches are on the phone constantly trying to put together tournaments at the last minute. So, you know, as I'd like to say, I know where we're going and what we're going to be doing. I just don't truly believe that that's going to be the case. Um, uh, so, you know, we've got one that's kind of based on budget, one that's based on COVID, and one that's just a regular schedule if everything is somewhat normal. But we'll we'll see which one of those plays out. Uh Mark Wharton and Scott Altizer have been great. They want us to play, and they've done everything in their power to make sure we get to play, and I believe we will be playing in the spring. I'm just not – I come in every morning, and I sit here, and I look at my calendar book for the spring going, hmm, I wonder what we'll do that week. So, uh, yeah, and that that's part of it right now, too, is that uncertainty of where we're going. I know Linger Longer is being hosted by a team that played in the fall, and – the Wexford, I believe, will happen because they're a mid-major and their conference is playing. And uh, Furman, uh, Furman didn't play in the fall, so uh, hopefully, 
hopefully they'll have their tournament. If they don't, Mercer's got one right on top of it now, and Mercer did play in the fall, and I fully expect them to play in the spring. So we do have a backup there. So uh, just you know, trying to trying to put things together so that we can keep our guys playing, and uh, yeah, and I believe we will. I think we'll play at least five, maybe possibly six tournaments, and then then go to conference. So uh, yeah, we're, I'm looking forward to it because I I think we got a great bunch of kids that are going to be here in the spring and yeah i think the competition to make the lineup is going to be really tough so i think yeah i think the spring could be a lot of fun coach i appreciate the time all right thank you very much women's golf coach colette murray also joined us for a conversation about the play of her young team this fall so i got to ask you about beatrice barrios uh, top 20 finishes in each of her first three events. Now, the last time you had somebody do that, it was Christine Wolf and Emma DeGroot, and we know how things kind of transpired for those two. Uh, those are a lot of expectations on somebody. Let's start first with her performance in the fall. What did she show you? Uh, I mean, we knew B was going to be a good player coming in, and, you know, the kind of player that can, can elevate a program. So... We're not we're not at all surprised. Um, obviously, we're we're glad, um, knowing what she was able to do and knowing all of what she still hasn't done and is capable of doing. Um, we're we're really excited about her and the direction that she's going in. Just a beautiful ball striker, good putter, really good off the tee. Um, is, you know, the greens that she misses generally, you know, I'm looking at her stats right now, she's not been getting up and down. So those few greens that she does miss with the amount of work and effort she's putting into her short game, um, we're, we're confident, you know, once those shots become a little bit more natural to her and she's more comfortable with them and she can start making those up and downs. Um, we've, really, we've really tried to get her outside her comfort zone um, which is a hard thing to do, um, and she's she's embraced it and and she's excited about it. She just she knows that it's it's coming. She's a little impatient for it to to come together, but um, as hungry as she is and as good as she wants to be, we're very encouraged by what she's been able to do, and you know, like I said, what she still has to bring to the table. How high is the ceiling for her? Uh, there isn't one. Um, that girl is very clear with her dreams and her goals and her ambition. Um, it's, it's very exciting listening and talking to her about the things she wants to do and that we hopefully can, you know, be a part of that. You guys finished really, really strong. Second place at the Terrier Intercollegiate and the Mercer Invitational. How big of a boost is it to end the fall that way, to go out having played that well? Um, you're not going to like this answer. Jim's going to just roll his eyes at me. Um, we were not. We really weren't happy with the finish, to be fair. We weren't, we weren't happy with the fall um, as a whole at all. Um, I don't like making excuses like we're young because um, we've done some the worst thing that ever happened to this program was the success that we had those first few years because um, 
I just don't have any excuse for 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 us being young and, and the youth that we have in the team. Uh, I felt like we should have had at least two wins, if not three. Um, I hate coming second to SOCON teams. Um, and we, we came second to ETSU at Wofford and we came second to Mercer at Mercer. Um, it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me and um, but we're you know we're trying to take every positive that we can from from the fall and the performances that we had. Um, there there are, there are gaps that we need to uh, we need to fill those gaps in terms of team performances. I think we can we can really highlight individual performances at least one if not two rounds for each of them. Um, but yeah, as a whole, it was it was a bit it was a bit sour, um, but lots of growth from round to round, lots of growth from tournament to tournament, um, and I do I do believe we're tre- and, I, and I told this to the girls like we're trending in the right direction. So as as this, and I want them to feel disappointed. I don't want them to be satisfied with that. Um, because if we are, then we're not we're not pushing ourselves to get better, and this team this team really does have the potential to be very very good. You talk about not being happy with the fall. Can you talk a, a bit about what parts of it you weren't happy with in terms of from from what you saw? Uh, so the first tournament UAB our par threes were downright horrendous. Um, across the board. I mean, if we had just shot as a team, you know, 10 over par with our par threes, which would have been not fully acceptable, we'd have won the tournament substantially. And um, so our par threes were, were a, a real disappointment in that first event. Um, the second event, we really played very poorly. Uh, on that first round our first round really did hurt us across the board all fall um, so just just not getting off to a better start um, something that we weren't we weren't very happy with and and, and it's not just us the girls weren't happy with it either which is which is good in my eyes um, the the competition at the Wofford event wasn't super strong I feel like we could have had some better finishes there just across the board from everybody um, and then Mercer, uh, that first round again, it, it cost us. We, we lost that event by four shots and both Beatrice and, and, and Dory didn't play well on that first day. Um, so there's, there's, there's little things from, um, our putting as a whole was not fantastic. Uh, it did get better as the semester went on. Um, we were able we were able to implement some things at practice that uh, we, we did see a tremendous amount of growth individually um, and as a team. So, like I said, we're trending in the right direction, but as a whole, the fall, we would have liked to have gotten more out of it in terms of results, but I do feel like we got a lot out of it in terms of things that we need to work on and, you know, what direction we can be going in if we really home in on some of these things help me out here esme hamilton esme three top tens was she your most consistent through the fall um i mean she's our best 
she's our best average by a few points over B. Uh, so I think it's fair to say, you know, we, we do rely on his um, heavily. Um, but if you were to ask is how she feels about her fall, she would she would she would sound a bit like me telling you how disappointed. Um, she's she's got very very high standards as expectations as she should. Esme's only now we we tapped into it a little bit in the fall last year, and um, she's had a couple of setbacks, but we're we're really only starting to tap into what she's capable of doing as well. I wanted to ask you too about Dorada Zaluska. She finished first at the Terrier Intercollegiate. Just a little bit about her play uh, through the fall. Um, yeah, obviously we were happy that she got she got a win to her name. Um, again, <laughs> it's, I'm going to sound like the worst coach ever. Um, it could have been better. It could easily have been better. The number of the number of putts that Dory Dory missed, and she herself would tell you. Um, you know, she could have won that by a significant number of shots. Um, but her, her putting's come come a long way um, in a short amount of time. We put her in a different putter, new grip, new setup. And um, it's it's really, it's worked wonders for her. Um, but having, you know, any time you get one of your kids with a, with a win in college, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And um, she's really happy with it. She feels like there's been a drought there for quite a long time. Um, so yeah, we're, 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 we're pleased for Dory. And um, do we expect more from her? Absolutely. Is she capable of more than what she's she's been giving us? 100%. What's the challenge when you've got a group the way you do, that is all freshmen and sophomores, what's the challenge of coaching a young group like this? Um, I don't know that it's it's not really a challenge. I think not knowing, I feel like we know Dory and Ez quite well as individuals, how they function, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Um, and we can tailor practices to that and we can tailor how we coach them in tournaments to that. Um, not knowing the new, the new girls as well. I mean, we've spent a lot of time with each other this fall. You spend a lot of time with your teammates and your, and your, your team in normal circumstances, but with the, the COVID circumstances that we've had, um, I'm really proud of how they've dealt with, with all of that. And, you know, the asks that I made of them, um, but yeah, just not knowing their personalities as well as we would like to off the bat. Um, it doesn't make it difficult. It just, um, it's just, you know, it's just going to take time for, you know, us figuring out now that we have two coaches, you know, who's going to be better for, you know, going to so-and-so for this and who's going to be better going to so-and-so for that, you know, because, it's, it's like we say to the girls, like we you gotta you gotta let us know what you what's gonna be best for you. And you know, sometimes that's gonna be Moni going to talk to someone versus me going to go talk to someone. She's she's a little bit softer than I am. So um but a lot, you know, other players like that kind of more firm, um, you know, no dilly-dallying about here's the information, you know, let's talk about it and let's make a decision. Um some some players like that. Uh, some people, some players like a little more discussion and, you know, a little bit more leeway here and there. So 
we're 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 in that forming stage of you know figuring each other out and trying to figure out what's what's going to be best and and the right ways to go about um not just coaching them but teaching them um you know how, how do they react to you know changes that we that we feel like we need to make to improve their game um golf such a it's such a unique sport in that you know you can you can teach a play to a lot of the other a lot of the other sports and everybody gets it everybody's on board but um depending on how one player might hit how long they hit their driver and how long they hit their woods you know a par 5 might play differently five different ways um so it's just us it's, you know it's our doing our due, due diligence as, as to figuring those players out and and what's what's going to be the best way for them to approach different different things that we do do you worry at all about confidence when you have a young group um i think confidence is a tricky thing um this is a this is a really and it's something that we're we're starting to work um with a mindfulness coach um, because this this is a this is a pretty confident bunch um at practice um away from the golf course just life in general they you know they, they really have their stuff together um and then it's like dr jekyll and, and mr hyde like they they transform into these not so confident and doubting Thomas's left and right and you're just like if I could just get you that I have in the office to be on that hole um so this is this is one of the, the major things that you know Moni and I feel like we need to do in this off season which is no time at all um and going through to the spring which is going to be an early start um you know how how do we bridge this gap of what's missing here um, because I've, I've worked with a lot of sports psychologists. I've done a lot of courses. I've worked with Bob Rotella and they, they do all say very similar things. It's just, you know, they're singing the same song to a different tune. Um, and all that stuff is great, but we're just going to try something a little differently. And it's stuff that, um, like I said, it's a, a mindfulness coach that can, and I, and I said to the girls, we'll get as much out of this as we put in. Um, it's a lot of breathing techniques. It's a lot of grounding yourself in your thoughts, cognitive thinking, and being aware of all that stuff, and then retraining our brains how to how to take it in a different direction. So we've never done this with a team, um, but I really, I really do think that we'll benefit from this, and the girls will not only benefit from it um, on the golf course, but probably you know in life as well. Tell us a little bit about the spring. You mentioned an early start for you guys. What does it look like? How many events will you guys be involved in? Well, it uh, depends on, I guess, Mark Wharton, Scott Altizer, and Laura Heron. <laughs> I uh, I gave Laura, uh, I think it was an eight tournament schedule last week and told her, you know, some of these we will be playing in, some of these we don't know yet. We don't know if the SEC is going to go all SEC like they did this fall, in which case, you know, we won't be able to play in that. We won't be able to play in that. But if we can't play in that, then we can play in this and we can play in this. Um, one of the tournaments that got got postponed this fall was the SMU event. Um, 
uh, Trinity Forest in Dallas. So we're, we're, we're going to drive out to that one. We're going to probably leave a day early and split the, split the journey up. And um, playing that, we're playing in that the first and second of February. So I'm 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 trying to bring the girls in a little bit earlier than school starts because if they come in when school starts, then we'll have less than two weeks to get ready. Um, which really realistically, it's just not enough. Um, but we don't want to miss these opportunities to play these tournaments at these golf courses with these teams if everything goes according to plan. Um, and you know, there's always a case that you know, things change based on what conferences are going to allow their schools to do, what schools are going to allow their teams to do. Um, so right now it's packed. Um, we've got SMU, we've got Kiowa Island, and this is not in the right order. We're going down to Jacksonville, Florida uh, a couple of times. Um, we're meant to be going to LSU. We're meant to be going back to Mercer potentially. If we can't go to LSU, um, and then Birmingham UEB is hosting at Greystone, so we're in that. Um, and then we're hosting, we're hosting a home event, um, which we're really excited about. We haven't we haven't done that for a few years. We're hosting at Black Creek, so it'll be nice. It'll be nice to have an event, uh, but not need to go anywhere. Tell us a little bit about uh, you guys hosting a tournament at uh, at Black Creek. Yeah, so. Uh, when COVID happened, it was kind of right in the middle of March. So by this time, end of March, you know, we're all working from home. And in my case, I was sitting in my garden thinking, this is the best time. This is the best time to host the tournament. Um, I'm afraid that's going to backfire because we hosted around the same time, like 14 years ago, and it was snowing on the caravan. <laughs> so... Uh, Best of intentions uh, to host this event, regardless of what the weather's like, Black Creek is going to be in great shape because it always is. Um, we've got about 15 teams coming. Uh, every week I've got other teams asking to come. So depending on how many uh, how many teams the, the course would let us have, obviously we're you know a little bit stricken for daylight. We're going to play 36-18. So we don't want to have too many teams and just make it miserable out there. Um, you know, we've got Chattanooga Sports Committee yeah, sponsoring the event. You know, they want to help out. They want to be part of it. Um, so we really think that going through uh, these next few years um, and the plan that we have for that home tournament, it's going to turn into something really special. So it's something you're planning on it continuing beyond just 2021 then? Yes, yes. Well, Coach, appreciate the time and um, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Chris. Thanks to both Coach June and Coach Murray for their time this week. Thanks to Jim Horton in the Sports Information Office for head of helping set these interviews up. And most importantly, thanks to you for listening and sharing Mocks on the Mic. Make sure you tell a friend about us. You can always uh, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you download your podcast from. We certainly appreciate it. We'll look forward to seeing you again back here next week on Mox on the Mic. Until then, for our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth. So long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.